Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Wise Men Say, the Hull City podcast. Tonight, I am joined by my co-host, John. Good evening, John. How are you? Good evening, Alex. Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. Really excited for today's episode. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, really good, mate. And yeah, really same. Looking forward to this because tonight we are also joined by podcast legends, Hull City Australia, Logan and Alex. How are you doing, fellas? Are you both well? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, I'm, I'm really doing good. Lovely. It's been well, great to be here as well. Uh, it's been a, a long time coming, I think, since uh, the Australian boys got to got to join a whole podcast. So it's a, a privilege for us as well. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Um, great that we could work together. We've been messaging um, behind the scenes, getting this ready for a few weeks now. So it's it's really great to see it come to fruition. So tonight we're going to do Woody's questions, of course. Uh, and then we're going to do a feature called Return the Favour, where we ask the, the Hull City Australia guys if they want to ask us anything. Uh, then we're going to preview the, sorry, then we're going to do the results of the previous two games, how devastating that will be. And we'll preview the Portsmouth game that's coming up shortly uh, later on in the week. A little bit of news from the club. And finally, we'll do the feature that the Twitter following has been working on for the last few days, the Hull City Christmas 11. So, if we're all ready to start, let's go straight into Woody's questions. So, who wants to go first, Logan or Alex? I think I'll nominate Alex to go first. I think sure. The head very very <laughs> diplomatically done, fellas. <laughs> so, so, Alex, uh, first... Or earliest Hull City moment or memory? Um, yeah, look, it's a funny one. I think it's hard to say anything other than Dino's goal at Wembley because that was what connected me to the club. When I was before, I was a City supporter. I saw that goal. Um, the sports stations over here played that goal as sort of a you know this club's getting up into the Premier League for the first time, and and I saw that goal and was instantly sort of connected to City, and so. So I think it's hard to go past that as sort of my earliest memory of um, of City. But um, I guess other than that, from that first Premier League season, oddly enough, as much as I do remember, or I remember now, the the, the Arsenal game, the Spurs game, it was the it was the game against Liverpool in I think it was in December where we went up two nil, and Brownie had sort of said, you know, if we can get if we can go undefeated in December, or if we can get a certain number of points in December, we'll. Will do well this season to go top half or whatever he, whatever it was he said. And I remember sitting down to watch that Liverpool game and, and going up two 0 and thinking, "Geez, you know, we might actually do it." <laughs> yeah, great stuff. And what a, what a classic memory to start the dinner. Yeah. So how just quickly how big was that in Australia? Because obviously, um, yeah, obviously it was big here. But was that was it played everywhere? Yeah, I mean, it was played on the it was played on the 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 sports news here. The Fox Sports News was definitely playing it for at least a few days because I, I think you know Australia loves its underdog story, and I think there's always a bit of excitement when there's a when, when there's a new team coming up to the Premier League that's not been there before. So um, it definitely got a workout on the um, on the airwaves. Great stuff. So second question: favorite Hull City goal or goals? Um, yeah, I'll cheat here because I think, again, it's hard to go past Dino, but 
I'll yeah. say a goal that's a bit more obscure, and it's actually Jake Livermore's goal against Liverpool. And the reason for that is that was the first live City goal that I saw. Um, I went over to Hull for a couple of months back that in that season, and um, Jake's goal against Liverpool was the first first live City goal I'd seen, um, and then obviously was the first of, of three goals against Liverpool to win that match. So I'll have to go with that one. Wow, is that the one where it got like deflected and yeah, further? Yeah, yeah, it, was, it took a wicked deflection, but it was also brilliant because it was. Um, I think it was while we were all singing "City Till We Die," so it's sort of, you know, back then all the all the naysayers were sort of saying, "Oh, it'll distract the the team," and and then we scored against Liverpool. So hard to argue against that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's the old adage of if you don't shoot, you don't score. That one. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. Yeah, favorite Hull City manager. <sighs> Oh, it, it, it's t- I, I have to go with Brucey just because of what we achieved under Bruce. Um, as much as as much as there were games or parts of seasons where his style really started to get on the nerves, and, and as Logan will attest, we've had many conversations about it. But um, I think just for what he achieved for the club, it's really hard to go past Steve Bruce. Just you know, taking us into Europe for the first time, even if it if it wasn't a very long stay, um, mm-hmm. FA Cup final. Uh, two promotions, all of that. I just, yeah. Fantastic. Hard, hard, hard to, to argue. argue. Yeah. The ditto. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you can see this podcast has really connected me and John. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. We're, we're, we're now like um, tele- telepathic. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, second final question, because I'm going to throw in a little um, wobbler at the end. Um, but yeah, so favourite. So we've just done Hull City manager, aren't we? So yeah, I've got a couple more left. Favorite Hull City player? Um, this one's always tough because it's almost like you have favorite players in eras rather than one overall favorite. But yeah, um, favorite player, I would have to say maybe I'll go with Jared Bowen just because. Um, I know he's a bit more recent, but I guess just because of what he represented coming from the youth team and really those few seasons in the championship where we were quite not good, not very good at all, um, he really kept us in the division and was really a big part of, of keeping the cup club going and still sort of is, I guess, in terms of his transfer fee, paying paying the wages. But um, he was probably the best goal scorer that I saw at the club um, and just thought that his passion for the club as well was was brilliant. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, if I could throw in other names, you've got, you know, Myhill, McShane, um, guys like that, just, you know, the heart and soul of the club, you know, um, Windass and, and Ashby and Barnby as well, all, all the heartbeat of the club as well. Yeah, some great names mentioned there. Uh, and this this one's a bit different to the others. Um, best player that you've seen play against us? Um, that's a good question. It was probably uh, Hazard when he came to the KCOM in that in that season. So it was the 13-14 season. I think he played a pretty good game against us because funnily enough, because that, that was the season where we played Liverpool twice, but Suarez didn't really do much in either game because Bruce had him in his back pocket. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still, still has, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a lot of Um Yeah, so I'd probably say Hazard. Yeah, he, yeah, he's still in there. He may bite bite his way out one. <laughs> yeah. um, and finally, this question um, unique to you guys. Uh, 
My question is, what made you um, want to um, start a whole city podcast? What was the thing that initiated you to do it? Yeah, I mean, we, we used to listen to, I think Amber Nectar used to do a podcast back in the day. Yeah. And um, there was a couple of us in the, in the because we've got our, we've got an Aussie group on Facebook, um, which you know, has quite a few members in it. And, and we've got a few little Facebook chats and all that sort of thing. And one of the other guys had sort of said, you know, we, we should probably, you know, start our own podcast and we can talk about City and, and give our sort of perspective. And it was, it was that season where Bruce um, was getting us promoted the second time around. Um, so there's a lot of optimism and, and excitement around the club anyway. So, so there's sort of that natural energy and, um, we just thought we'd, uh, we'd, uh, yeah, give it a go. Yeah. And why not? Why not? Indeed? Yeah, exactly. John, any reaction on Alex's questions? You've now finished Alex, so you can relax. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it's a great answer there. It's uh, it never gets tiring hearing some of the names mentioned. It just brings back some fantastic memories. Of course, we we try and look forward and we try and think about what what's going to happen to us in the future, bouncing back and things. But it's always good to reflect on some of the the names there that were really, like you said, the heart and soul of the club, and and really epitomised the the underdog story of Hull City and its ascension to the Premier League, and then, like you say, a brief stint in Europe. Yeah. So yeah, well done, Alex and Logan. I hope you're hope you've benefited from that extra preparation time. <laughs> Here we go with Wood's question Absolutely. round two. So you ready? I'm ready. Right. Favorite Hull City goal. Uh, sorry, I do apologize. I've missed a question. First question, earliest Hull City moment or memory? So I think I'm going to try and trump Alex here and say that my first Hull City memory actually predates his, um, only marginally though. And it was because uh, one of the things that Alex uh, kind of picked up on a little bit with uh, his mention of Fox Sports was back in the day in the, the 07, 08 era, the coverage of uh, football in Australia was very limited, uh, pretty much. Uh, only around Premier League highlight shows. And then obviously you could watch the Premier League games, but anything outside of that uh, really was was hard to come by. And so before the Watford playoff legs, uh, both of those games were televised on SBS. And um, I actually saw a, a short uh, pre-match documentary on the city of Hull. And it talked about how much of a feat it would be if they got promoted. So I um, ended up watching those, those two uh, playoff legs uh, prior to the Wembley playoff. So uh, the the thumping of Watford in the second leg uh, really uh, stands out to me as uh, my first real Hull City memory. And having seen the, the documentary and having a little bit more of a context around uh, around the city of Hull, it really got me excited to um, think about football differently as opposed to being one of the glory hunters, which uh, is seems to be littered with, uh, or Australia seems to be littered with, rather, uh, because we're only really um, exposed to to the, the top flight. Yeah. Just to yeah. dig into that as well, um, Logan, how much of a, an influence was, like, Richard Garcia on that? Oh, was, it, was he quite well? Yeah, like, absolutely. Absolutely. I think for, for Alex and I, um, if you if you kind of kept your finger on the pulse, having an Australian play uh, in the team, particularly because they were around the, the national side as well and being part of yeah. the Roo squad, uh, that we've obviously had Jackson Irvine. We've got 
Callum Elder now. Um, mm. So just having that relationship, I think, yeah, Richie Garcia was certainly the the one to really break through. And I think it was more substantial when he scored against Fulham in the, the Premier League. I think it might have been the first the first game. That header that he scored was a was a great header, but uh, that really made the headlines. Um, yeah. But for us at that time, it was a huge thing. Yeah. Sorry, Alex, yeah. did I steal your question there? Yeah, but that's <laughs> another great example of how I was uh, thinking on the same wavelength because I was yeah. preparing my Garcia question. <laughs> um, but no, you you asked it perfectly, so no no qualms from me. Um, so favorite Hull City girl or girls? Okay, I'm obviously as Alex mentioned, there's the the big standouts that I think have become kind of synonymous with every uh, City supporter. You got the the playoff goals with Dino and uh, and Diami. Uh, but the ones that, uh, the kind of more obscure ones that I've got is the the goal that Myler scored against Liverpool and uh, ran over and kicked the corner flag down. Yeah. I think that the, the momentum behind that, I remember just screaming at the television and um, just getting kind of goosebumps and standing up. And just because of exactly kind of what we've mentioned in the fact that one of those, the workhorse players seemed to be, um, really admonished and um, revered by by city city fans, rather. Um, just the fact that it was David Myler scoring against a, a club that we know he has strong ties to, um, to to sink them was just brilliant. And um, the other goal that I've that I've got down is the Hernandez goal against Derby in the first playoff game. Um, yeah. I just thought that. I didn't really give us much of a chance against Derby. I was I was very optimistic, but the slide heading in and the fact that Derby had had our number that season, um, when Hernandez hit that, you just got the feeling that oh, this is still on here, and there just seemed to be a real momentum shift. So so that was a massive one for me as well. Yeah, some shouts there. Was that the Marla one with the very left footed one? Left footed. Uh, it was back across the keeper, yeah. I believe, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, and as, as soon as he hit it, he knew it was it was going in, and and he just he went straight for the flag. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't long ago where um you get on my Facebook, you get those memories of what you posted in years gone by, and um I'd, I'd recorded a video of us um of the of the stadium, everyone was just chanting uh, straight after that goal scored, and I I was listening to the video like really close, I couldn't believe the noise that that yeah. the city fans were making. And I was like, is this the same stadium? Is this the same KCOM as what we've sort of seen? Yeah. Obviously, not recently with fans not being allowed in, but I, I just couldn't believe the noise we were making. It just sort of was a bit of a, a throwback to a sort of an old-fashioned English ground, really. Yeah, yeah I, I had a similar video. I I had I took a video um, close to full-time in that game and had the same sort of thought that because I, I went back yeah. um, Early would have been last year when we played Chef United just before they got promoted, and the difference in the crowd in the game in in the stadium was just crazy. Outstanding, outstanding. So, favorite Hull City manager? Oh, I I think I have to agree with Alex. There was um, there's there's been some really um, really huge moments that um, each manager's kind of been responsible for. Uh, probably with the exception of maybe Ian Dowie. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, the early years under under Phil Brown, I, I say early years for us um, under Phil Brown were huge, but um, the Steve Bruce era is, is really hard to go past. Um, I, I really enjoyed the Marco Silva period as well, just because um, I, I didn't know how um, kind of connected uh, you could feel with a manager so soon. 
um, the the crowd starting their own song for for Marco Silva, and um, that, that was just a, a huge highlight for me. And um, just I guess the different feel that he brought to the club. Um, I, I even remember a few of the early goals scored under Marco Silva and having a, a coaching staff of like 20 people jumping out of the, the technical area to kind of climb on top of each other was, was great to see. Yeah, I agree. Silva was definitely uh, connected with the fans kind of manager. Yeah, it was so devastating to, you know, to we, we knew it was coming when we went down, but we, we, there was that little tiny um, sort of thread of hope that he would stay on because he could have yeah. really built something. He was he was fantastic for us. Yeah, I agree about that short space of time. <laughs> yeah, and and the other thing that I would say about Marco Silva that um, my brother and I have have chatted about at length is if there was one criticism of Steve Bruce as a manager, he uh, we always thought that he paid far too much respect to the big clubs, mm. um, and oh, you know, we did our best and, you know, this is Manchester United. Whereas there was something about Marco Silva that gave you a belief that it didn't really matter who we were playing, that there was a chance. And if we lost 3-0 uh, to Arsenal, he was just as disappointed as um, as any other result. And I thought that that was um, just a changing in, in the mentality in the way that yeah. um, that we viewed City. And, and I think that was uh, one of the things that the fans really got behind and enjoyed. Well, it was crazy the... The amount of sort of attention he put on the home games. We went on this run. I think it was Sunderland that eventually broke it. They've been unbeaten at home for such a long time, and he made the KCOM a fortress, which you know for for quite some time it didn't really feel like one. You know, some good atmospheres there, but it's a really lovely stadium to come to. Nice pitch, welcoming you know staff there. It wasn't really a scary place to come. Marco Silva started to make us a bit more of a fortress, which I really liked as well. Yeah. Yeah, just on the Bruce point, I think it's it's difficult because the purists would say, you know, you go out to win every game, but ultimately, does that bring you success? Um, and then you look at Bruce, and obviously he's probably achieved uh, up there with probably the best of any managers that we've ever had. Um, but you can't you couldn't say that his brand of football was you know extremely exciting. Um, so it's 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 a tough thing to balance. Um, but I, yeah. you know, because we, we, when we spoke to Brian Hart and John, he, he sort of said he never ever set his team out to um, be on the back foot and and you know protect anything. Did he? he just said yeah. we always go out yeah. to win. So. Mm. Yeah. Indeed. Right. So uh, where are we at? Favorite Hull City player, Logan. Ah. Uh. Again, I, I, I've, the players that, that Alex has mentioned and the, the working class uh, heroes, I guess, uh, will always um, have a have a kind of special place up there. Um, uh, look, a player that I, I've really enjoyed watching and was devastated uh, to see them leave was Abel Hernandez. And um, that was not only because he had such a, a great goal-scoring record uh, for us, but there was just a flair about him that, uh, you know, I think it was potentially the um, the... Uh, South American influence and just the way that uh, the way that he kind of went about uh, his his football. He was fast and, and just some of the goals he was responsible. When he got hot, he was he was really really um, a, a pleasure to watch. So uh, I think Hernandez would probably be up there as one of my kind of um, underground heroes for for the club that that I, I really do miss seeing. And and strangely enough, um, in in more recent times, he's also uh, Camille Grzycki. Um, only because I think that the story of Camille Grzycki was um, kind of a, a career where he wasn't necessarily enjoyed by uh, the fans too much to begin with. And 
um, was often criticised for for being a, a lazy player and not having a, a really good work ethic and somewhat of an ego. And I think that towards the uh, the latter stages of his time at um, at City, he he just really turned that around and 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 kind of proved to us that that there was a, a real player in there. Um, so so I d- definitely miss watching uh, Turbo Gros play as well. Yeah, shout there, and also. Um... He sort of he was very like he had a lot of off the field stuff going on, didn't he? Like he had that energy drink and you know, <laughs> love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I saw some, I saw someone on Twitter recently, a city supporter, where um the club was the club was promoting the Carabao energy drink, and somebody yeah. tweeted back to say, "I've still got bloody half a dozen cans of Turbo's energy drink to get through." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that. What an outstanding tweet that was. You'll uh, you'll need a can of that for the four thirty kickoff on the uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. morning. Yeah, <laughs> we're, uh, we're season pros when it comes to staying up over here. Uh, <laughs> the, the worst of every time slot, I think. <laughs> do you stay up then, or do you get up early, or does it depend on the time? Uh, Four four thirty is right on the limit, isn't it? Because I'll probably get up for that one. But if it was three AM, that's probably the worst. Because it's like, do you just stay up or try and get up early? It's uh, some of them. Some of them break you a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I almost want to share, Alex. I know that this this goes against the the, the question time, but um, one of the things that has has been really great about the success of City in the last decade is the fact that they actually did make it to the Premier League because the difference for us with them being in the Premier League was um, we were able to actually watch them. Uh, it's, a, it's a very dark time staying up to listen to a 1-0 loss uh, away from home on the radio, listening what? to Birdie and Tony at, at 4 a.m. Um, and that, not even not even that. Back in the day, back in the what is it like you know t- very 2010, 11 sort of seasons. It was just I was just following the um, flash updates on BBC because that was sort of even pre Twitter. Yeah, it was uh, mental. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. I, I I always sort of like um, think about the odd time, Alex. You know when we will watch like a boxing match or something, in, and it's in LA, and we have to get up at that time. But to do it on a regular basis is some commitment, guys. Yeah. It, it also, a, yeah. It was it was just a real experience. I think the first time that uh, both Alex and I travelled over to um, to England and actually got up the hole, um, just to be able to watch a game in the right time slot um, was probably <laughs> even even better than being. <laughs> 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 We're full city Australia and we are awake. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new channel. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um couple more. Best player you've seen play against us? Yeah, this this one's an easy one for me, and that's uh, Sergio Aguero. Um it was the, the game where I, I think we may have ended up losing four two at the KCON, but we were down two nil and um and got it back to to Tawall and then I think they rallied and scored a a couple of uh, late goals, but just every time um, Sergio Aguero had the ball at his feet, you could physically see the um, the, the panic in the face of uh, Michael Dawson and Curtis Davies, and I just uh, I'll never um, never forget that um, realization of of why those top elite players are, are paid what they are, um, because I guess I, I'd seen Curtis Davies and, and Michael Dawson defend uh, admirably uh, week in, week out, and to see just the way that they responded um, every time Aguero had the ball, um, yeah, was, was really a sight to behold. So I think by far and away, he was he was just the class act. Yeah, shout. And finally, um, what, what made you want to start a whole City podcast? What was the moment? 
Uh, I think it was it was probably more that, that Alex was just so enthusiastic and um, and roped us in. I mean, um, funny funnily enough, the first time Alex and I actually met each other uh, was over in Hull, and it was the day in December where we beat Fulham six nil. Um, and we were there independently of each other, and so that was kind of nice to to put a face to the uh, the guy that always used to send Facebook advertisements and uh, and try to keep me connected to the uh, to the Facebook page. So when he um, when we actually got to meet each other and started to talk more about uh, you know city and as he said the the excitement that he had around it um, really really kind of uh, made me keen to to stay on it. Um, I I also feel like going back in time all these these dates kind of blend into to one so i might have got my seasons mixed up but alex you can correct me was that was that actually the first time that yeah it was yeah yeah um we, we caught up in hull uh just before the fulham game and i think i think <laughs> you might have even said that you know you had a bad feeling it was going to be nil nil or something like that and uh it's pretty much the opposite but yeah yeah so, so so alex is the reason that i started the podcast <laughs> that's nice <laughs> Any reaction, John? Good yeah, um, just yeah, fascinating. You know, um, to hear some of the answers as well, and the uh, oh, the the Hull v Fulham game. What a game! Usually, when um, you know you you travel so far, you build your hopes up for it. Um, I remember I'm, I'm a big follower of the NFL, and I went all the way to to watch a Carolina Panthers game, and we we, we lost. We got nilled against the Steelers. And I was just oh, thinking, yeah. well, I've gone all this way, but yeah, to come for a six nil um, and see Huddleston get you know break yeah. the book as well, fantastic, mm. yeah, what a game! Yeah, it was it was special. It was yeah, it, it was the week before I the, the week before I headed over. We um we lost one nil to Crystal Palace. I hadn't won a single game, and I was about to head over for I, I was there from uh, November until February, and I just thought, oh geez, if we're going to go on some awful run of form, and I'm going to be there for it. Um, but then the first game I saw was that Liverpool game, so it, it um, calmed me down quite quickly. Well, yeah, some good memories there. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing, John. I think kind of thankful <laughs> um, that you came in um, to watch Huddleston probably have the best game of his life, um, and yeah. like to see him like cut his hair and that, like, <laughs> like that is like quite like. There's been there's been quite a few moments in Hull City history, certainly the last five ten years, where you think that's iconic. It is iconic, yeah, yeah. Um, so that that was an iconic moment, definitely. But we we move on. Um, so we're going to go for return the favour now. Do you guys have anything you want to ask us? Any similar questions or anything like that? Um, well, I guess, I'll go first. I, I guess my first question for you guys would be um, sort of in a similar vein. What's the first City game that you can remember going to? Oh, John. Nominate John. <laughs> Cheers, <laughs> Alex. Um, to be honest, the, it was the, the early sort of years when Brian Little was the manager. Uh, I used to go with Dad quite a lot, but there wasn't really um, a, a sort of vivid memory from those years. I just remember I was... Um, either in the south stand or the west stand, so looking across and seeing how how noisy the east stand were, thinking, "Oh, that looks great over there." And um, it was the, probably the more memorable game. Unfortunately, was the last game at Brewery Park. We lost one 0 to Darlington, yeah. um, and then obviously, it, you know, it, the rest is history from the move to the KCON. But I'd say that was probably one of the the early years. Yeah, uh, I actually remember I was part of the Young Supporters Club. 
and we, there was the there was a, a parade around the city um quite while well, we're still at Bruford Park and it, it started from there there's a couple of players there and uh, actually Mark Greaves Jacob Greaves dad was there and and a few others and I just remember a lot of um locals laughing and say you know they had like the Liverpool shirts on the Man U shirts on and just, like a <laughs> whole city rubbish and you know having a bit of banter but just yeah ne- never really believing so you, when you think about your Wembley attendances and in and, and the packed out KCOM, the club's come such a long way. And I'd say sort of, yeah, from that those early memories to where we are now, it's even though it was a, a one that lost to Dallas and it was maybe a little bit needed to, to move away and, and begin at a new ground really. Yeah. Yeah, for me, um I I remember two games, um one not so well as the other. My first game at the KC, my uncle took me. Um, I, I didn't really know I was going. I might, my uncle was like, oh, we're, we're going to go to the putty. I was like, all right, get in. And like, <laughs> I wasn't really, um, I wouldn't say I was much of a footy fan at that point. And I remember thinking like, oh, I'm not really asked about this. Um, so like, um, I, he sort of sat me down and I think we drew 1-1. One wall, one, one, and I think we, we was in Division 3 back then. So what would now be League 2. Um and that, that that I didn't really like fall in love with City that first game. But I remember we the second time I went to a footy game for City was my cousin took me and I I must have been very young. Um but my cousin was at the age where he was like a bit of a jack the lad, so he was probably like late teens, early twenties. And I think my mum and my auntie sort of said to him, Like, are you gonna take Alex to a footy game? And and I think he was he was a bit like, Do I have to? I want to do it with my mates. Why do I have to take this little, like, sort of six or seven-year-old lad or whatever? So, anyway, I remember everything. I was annoying him all day because, like, as soon as we sat down, I was like, can I go to the toilet? Um, <laughs> and um, I remember thinking, and I was like, oh, can I have some chips? Because, um, obviously, like, Boothry Park had, like, stalls and that. And then and he just he passed me some money. And I went, oh, where do I go on that? And he was like, oh, <laughs> send you away. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, um, so yeah, that game we won 6-0 um, and I remember at the fifth, I was like, can we go now? <laughs> it's, it's done, yeah, let's go. Done. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think Dwayne Darby scored a few. Um, mm. But yeah, that was, I think that game I was like, oh, actually I started to enjoy it and that and then like afterwards I started, me and my mum started going quite regularly and then as as the years rolled by, we started to go more away games. Um, we went to all sorts of like um, places for away. Um, Sheffield Wednesday was a big one. Um, that that away game where one four two. The battery yeah, Bambi. Yeah, yeah. And just like just the atmosphere, really. I remember going to Bradford oh. and and Dean Windass was playing um, for for them, and I remember like we we was winning two 0 Bambi scored one of them. He said, Dina, what's the score? Dina, Dina, <laughs> two, two nil. And then I was just like, oh, this is class, this given like, given all the banter out and that. Yeah. So, yeah. That, the, we, we travel well, don't we, as, as fans? We like yeah. we, we take yeah. a really good following. They were so noisy. An away game is just absolutely, it's just another level. Yeah. Um, my, my, my first away game, my dad was like, right. You're ready for an away game now. I was so excited. I was on the bus with a load of uh, like East Stand, like you know, hardcore fans. I thought this is absolutely brilliant, and that's that's yeah. that football, isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, probably one of my favourite games that I went to was um, we went to Southend in the FA Cup that season and Brownie was managing them. And so we were all singing, um, you know, this is the best trip I've ever been on. And it was, it was, it was class, yeah. Yeah. Any other questions? Uh, Logan, did you have one? Yeah, I, I actually had to change my question. But um, one of the things that I, I'm interested to know from you both is, what would you describe as your highest point as a city fan? Um, well, there was a there was a moment in the the FA Cup final when the second goal went in, and yeah. the first goal like, we all went crazy. It was just one of those like, and uh, and then when um, when the second goal went in, I just completely lost my emotions, just broke down and. My brother was like, what's wrong with you? We scored. I mean, because the, the Sheffield United game, we were running up and down the stairs at Wembley. It was just crazy. I remember just thinking, where's my seat? But, you know, it was just complete scenes when, um, when you know, we just kept going goal after goal after goal. Um, Huddleston and Marlow and all that. It was just crazy in Quinn. But the, the FA Cup final, second goal, I just remember just going, I just, I, I've never been this high as a City fan. It's just never... Yeah. I've just never experienced anything like this. We're two up in FA Cup final. It just caught up with me, and uh, obviously we know what happened after that. But the only, the only times I've ever watched it on television, it, you know, I've turned it off there, and we won two 0 So um, <laughs> it's been fine, yeah. But yeah, that was mad. Never been as high at that point. Never been as low the next day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that, that's the emotions, isn't it, of, of following? Well, Hull City in particular, but following a, a team is just that, that's it, isn't it? You you feel it all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna kind of like cheat because I've got like, well, probably, probably two or three, but I'll probably I won't mention them all. Uh, the FA Cup final wasn't so so much um, excitement for me. Well, it was obviously, but I was actually in Thailand for the game, so I was kind of watching it like, I love that we're in the FA Cup final. I love that we're two 0 up, but I'm absolutely fuming that I'm not there. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, and I'll never forgive my cousin for getting married. <laughs> was um, this the same cousin that took you to your first game? Because we didn't. No, have to, it I was, was going to say we'd have to have words there. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was. It was her brother that took me to my first game. All right, and she was the one who got married. But they actually live in New Zealand, so quite close to you guys. Oh, nice one. Yeah. Um, so the 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 first moment I'm going to talk about is when we. Um, beat Leeds um, for the first time in a long time um, because Leeds, were, when we were growing up in Hull, like Leeds was like everyone used to walk around in Leeds shirts and that and um, I was just like this is weird and like in fairness I like this is newsflash I actually had a, earned a Leeds shirt oh, um, Ooh, I didn't know this about you Alex yeah, well, my, my <laughs> it's all coming out yeah. me down don't get me wrong, I didn't buy it. It was a hand-me-down from <laughs> the other cousin of that group. Good save. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> off, the, off the purse. Um, so, like, yeah, just just to beat Leeds, I think at that moment for me, I was just a bit like, right, well, we're in it now. Do you know what I mean? Like, we could be the biggest team in Yorkshire. But I'd say the highest moment I had as a City fan was when we beat Arsenal. Um mm. And, and like to combine them as a moment together when we beat Tottenham as well. Um, 
because at that point I was like, right, well, actually, we're not just Premier League, you know, we're not just here to make up the numbers. We're actually competitive. Um, and the the Giovanni goal at Arsenal, I was just a bit like, that's probably the best goal there has ever been, ever. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, just to, just to like beat Spurs and beat Arsenal, I was a bit like, this is just, you know, pinch yourself because, you know, this, is, this isn't going to be around forever. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, you know, obviously we're down in League One now. Um, but I was just like, I was really enjoying the high. And also, like, it's all you talked about. It's like, I used to go games with my mum, talk about it with her, like, talk about it with the lads. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, just like, what a roller coaster of immersions. And just to be on that high was outstanding. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I, I can understand that for sure. They were, I remember this famous. Um, I think it was a. They might have done a picture in the paper, and it was a picture of the um a, a lion having its head cut off, and it said Hull City four, uh, London zero. I think yeah. we'd been um, Tottenham Arsenal. I thought that um you know that really sums up the, uh, the the feeling that that you're talking about. It was just a, a momentous moment for for little old Hull to. To go to and do that to the to the big boys, that was yeah, just a, a huge point in the in the career of the of the club, the history. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to add another question quickly, if I can, Alex. And yeah, yeah, sure. One of the things that I've noticed, um, John and Alex, with um, that wise men say is, you guys are a very positive podcast, and um, it's it's always refreshing, particularly um, when we find ourselves in times like this, coming off back to back losses. So instead of Getting your opinions on this, I want a rating out of ten with the Allen family. <laughs> oh, wow! Gosh. This is a tricky question. <laughs> Nominate John. I, yeah, I, I figured there's there's a lot of facets, and you could unpack it in in many yeah. different ways. I thought if we stick to the rating, that might let the uh, the listeners uh, mm. make what they wish. Okay, uh, we'll probably lose a lot of subscribers from this, but I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna give him. I want to give them like a 6.5 because they've they've brought me some of the the best moments as a, as a city fan. Um, They've, they've done one. I've sort of worked firsthand in the, in the Academy and seen what they've done there as well. They've thrown lots of money at it and, you know, that'll be something that pretty grateful for um, just to see some of the players, Keen Lewis Potter and Jacob Greaves and the likes come through. Um, but the the actual sort of I don't know the personable sort of side of running the football club the the, the bit that Paul Duffin was really good at it, it is really sort of been non-existent since Ehab took over and and sort of had full control of the club so they've they have lost points there uh, I know a lot of a lot of City fans might be thinking no it's a two or a one or whatever but. Um, that you know, but it's hard to ignore the work that they they did, and the they ultimately saved us from going out of business. So there, you know, is I think a six point five is a fair assessment, really, from my point of view of of what they've done for the club. They maybe just hung on too long, and and should have, you know, the the name change didn't help, but hung on a little bit too long when when they could have seen, you know, when- sold us for a little bit less. When when Bruce got us up that second time, and we had uh, we beat Leicester on the opening day, I think it was around then that they sort of said that we were going to be sold. And I think if they'd sold it then, then it would have worked out a lot better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They had the the potential new owners, didn't they, from Asia who were yeah. actually at the game, 
Um, I think they all had the scarves on and, and, and it was like, right, okay, this could happen. And I think then I'd go with like an, a, you know, an eight or a nine, bit of a sour ending, but, but overall, you know, you've been great for us, but yeah, I think just the, given the way things were handled at the end of last season with the contracts, things like that, there's just been some really horrendous decisions. Um, and especially just with the fans, I just feel sorry for, you know, the, the average fan, especially the older fans who, who have sort of been following the club for such a long time and had this sort of rise and then they're being sort of priced yeah. out of tickets and things, yeah. 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 I'm going to take a slightly different angle on this, if I may, um, Logan. So I'm going to go when Ehab was the man and like fully in charge without Assam, I'm going to go like 7.58. Um, and I'm going to go when, you know, Assam has taken a bit more of a lead due to, you know, Ehab's... Um, yeah. Sorry, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. When you know, because Assam's uh, ill health, um, when when sort of Ehab sort of took took up the sort of major role, I'm gonna go for like a four, uh, three or four under yeah. um, Ehab, and the reason I say that is because, um, when the Allens first came. Uh, the, the one of the first things they did at the club was um, they, for me, insulted one of our club legends, yeah. Nick Barnby, um, yeah. by the way they handled the manager situation. And yeah. we, we, we had a bit of a first-hand account of it, didn't we, from... Um, yeah, from Brian Lee. Yeah, and I never, I never forgave them for that. I kind of, like, I didn't forget either, but I sort of... I sort of moved along with it. And a lot of City fans, I think they can honestly say they probably forgot about it because it, almost immediately we had success with Bruce. Um, but I'll never forgive them for the way they treat Bambi because for me, Bambi held a really high status, not just at Hull City, but within the city of Hull. Um, because, um, you know, I, knew, I, I didn't know him personally, but I knew of him. And like a lot of like people tell stories to me about Barbie, you know, my granddad, my uncle, my uncle used to um, live opposite um, his dad, Jeff, uh, and tell stories about him and stuff. And like the way they treat him was, was poor. Um, so that's why I give that, that an eight. Cause otherwise, you know, I think whatever Assam did, I think he did from a good place. Um, you know, cause he clearly was passionate about sport. He was passionate about the city of Hull. He came to the uni, he's invested loads in the uni and I actually studied at the University of Hull and my experience at the university wouldn't have been as good if Assam had to pump loads of money into it. You know, the, the lecture hall that I was sort of attended in, all my lectures and stuff, was it like a state-of-the-art tech building. It's called the Allen Building, um, the Allen Theatre. So what they've done for the city of Hull can't be ignored. I think what they didn't quite understand was that football is a unique business. It isn't like a, like Alan Marine. They can do what they want with Alan Marine. And the only people that are going to matter are the customers and, you know, the, the shareholders. But when football, the, you've got these shareholders or stakeholders that are the fans and they're ultimately yeah, yeah. Are, are the, you know, the running of the club. Um, they, they will dictate, you know, where the club goes and what happens just through their sheer, um, their force and you know the, the the words that they say is ultimately you know held important and you know for the 
the, the message that they put out with the media and stuff. Um, they ignored that too much. Um, and I, I didn't think they, you know, to their credit, I don't think they knew that, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't think they did it intentionally. But, yeah, under under Ehab, I, I don't think we've, you know, we won't move forward, like, as mm. much as we should until, you know, we're sold now for me. And it, yeah. yeah, and I think that's quite balanced. Uh, yeah, just to finally play devil's advocate on that as well. The, the sort of the, the the sort of strictness of, of how he's run the ship sort of financially is is seemed to work in our favor given the, the pandemic and a lot of football clubs struggling. He he has made sure that we survive, you know, with a sale of Bowen and, and such. But you know I, I, you know he, he's very lucky to say look we'd yeah. have been, you know without that we'd have been struggling if he'd have been maybe quite a l- little bit more open with the fans let us have a bit more of a say you know the concessions thing didn't help but he you know he could have said look we're, we're struggling financially to maintain the the money that we're putting into this club so we're going to have to go to a Brentford model of like a money ball kind of approach where we're going to sign players from lower down try and sell them on um things like that use our academy more the 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 fans would have got behind him a little bit more, but the communication's poor. He he sort of gives himself structured interviews with the, the with the club only. Won't speak to Burnsy, you know, for example, who, who will ask challenging questions. So it's just a very much, you know, very safe. And I, I'd just like to to re- even even there was a Burnsy interview actually, wasn't there? But it wasn't really. Again, I just th- feel like it wasn't. It's a, quite staged, wasn't it? Yeah, it's you like, could tell. You yeah. could tell he said, you know, if you want Radio Humberside at these games, you need to answer. You need to ask these questions. And even though he's, he's you know, obviously he's gone back on that a couple of times as well. So yeah, there's a lot of decisions where you think maybe quite quite a stubborn owner. And but on the other hand, we're still surviving as a club. Yeah. But yeah, great question. Mm. Yeah. Outstanding question. What do you guys think in a nutshell? Are you guys of a similar opinion or Yeah, look, I'm 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 probably similar opinion of I, I saw I saw a tweet the other day which because I think it's ten years of, of their ownership today or, or yesterday. And um look they, they saved us from going into League One in twenty ten, but you know, that's where we've ended up now. So yes, there's been all the highs along the way, and I think I think you're definitely right that you know under SM, it's definitely more of a sort of an eight or a nine. Um, and then under Ehab, maybe a three or a four. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were talking before we came on air about um, one of the things about being down under is the fact that we're sometimes disconnected uh, from, from the city of Hull. And so it's always interesting to, to see how the media kind of, um, you know, responds to, and, and the fans that respond on social media as well, sorry. Um, to to the decisions that are made and just the I think you've kind of summed it up with the communication or, or lack thereof. Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess uh, being disconnected somewhat. Um, that that was why I was fascinated to ask that question. But I guess from afar, um, if I had to put a, a rating on it, I think uh, six point five is is probably pretty fair from um, when you weigh up all of the the good things that um, that they have done and the contributions that they've made, not just to the football team, but um, the community of Hull. But uh, yeah, I think that it's a six point five, but um, there that that three point five is almost unsalvageable, um, regardless of of what they do uh, from here. Yeah. Their their time's up. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Right. So, uh, any final questions quickly before we move on? 
No, I think we're all good. <laughs> um, we can move on to the... Yeah. So we'll go on to the rather sad um, uh, sort of re- <laughs> results situation. So we'll talk about the Shrewsbury game quickly. So I'll quickly give you the team. Um, so Ingram and Goal, Emmanuel Bert, Greaves, Elder, Smallwood, Doherty, Honeyman, Wilkes, McGuinness and Delican. So I'm going to come to you, Logan, first. What was your thoughts on the Shrewsbury game? Uh, I, I think it's one of the more difficult games to watch, uh, given the uh, the fact that we've had such a, a great chance to to really kind of break free um, and and really kind of assert ourselves, um, not just at the top of the the table, but also at the top with the lead. So um, I, I think the performance itself is, is horrible, and I don't really have much that I want to talk about, um, <laughs> particularly mainly because yeah. it's just. It's just it's hard to really um, to find any positives that came out of it, um, other than it probably continues to highlight our our woes in League One of of being able to put away these teams at the other end of the table uh, to us. And um, I think that if there was ever a, an opportunity to kind of uh, prove that the, the game against the I believe the second last Shrewsbury was um, was certainly our chance to. Um, to to kind of re- recorrect that, and um, and we didn't do so. Um, so in, in isolation, I think we really need to um, start to be concerned about the, I guess the the one dimensional tactics of of McCann. And it, it seems that when teams start to press us now, we really seem to struggle. And um, and we saw further evidence of that against Blackpool. So um, I, I don't want to sum it all up, but uh, yeah, it was a very poor result against the team that um, seem like they've turned the corner a little bit, but uh, we certainly need to be beating them um, in with, with what was at stake and uh, just the magnitude of, of where we sit compared to them. Yeah. Alex, any, anything to add on the Shrewsbury game? Well, I'm, I'm glad Logan went first. Um, I was actually at a Christmas party that Saturday night, so I got home to watch the game and I think basically made it through the um, the goal from Shrewsbury and then promptly passed out. So I think I sort of saved myself a lot of misery from that game. But, yeah, look, e- echo a lot of what Logan said. It's 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 starting to become a little bit concerning. Um, you know, we sort of talk about McCann not having a plan B. And <clears throat> to be honest, I mean, early in the season, it seemed as if he was making the substitutions and, and making the tactical tweaks when we needed them, which, which seemed to work. But... Um, certainly lately and and against these weaker teams is really the concern is if it was against if we'd lost the Ipswich game but won Shrewsbury I don't think I'd have been as concerned but it's when we're losing these games to the weaker sides and just don't seem to have any answers Um, you know that the goal against Oxford from um, um, Doherty sort of papered over the cracks in that game but um, it's becoming a little bit of a trend in the last what three four games now because obviously we also had the the nil nil in the um in the FA Cup to to Stevenage as well so um yeah it's a little bit of a worry yeah John any thoughts I I, I agree with, with with the two guys there I, I think you know like you say you should be beating a side who's at the time second from bottom it's your bread and butter fixtures even though you're away from home there's no excuses really there and um yeah one shot on target against the team that far down mm. on the table is just not good enough, is it? Like, given the fact that we had McGuinness and Eves doing so well, um, and obviously KLP came on as well. So we threw quite a couple of strikers on, but yeah, one shot on target. We needed to, like like um, like the, the, like the lads said there, plan B is needed. Yeah. 
I think I think you guys summed it up perfectly, to be fair. But I'm just going to add one thing, and I'm going to take it back a bit. Um, I think you mentioned the Stevenage game, Alex, or, or Logan, yeah. whatever you did. Um, I think going into that game, you know, we was you know we talked about highs earlier on. Like we was on such a high, you know, we'd we'd won. I think we'd won six out of six or something like that, or six out of seven. Um, you know, barely conceded a goal. And going into that cup game, full of confidence. And I think even though we didn't play our strongest side in that game, I just think that that winning habit was broken in that game. And I, I just think it must have affected the dressing room somehow. Uh, and, you know, I come, you know, we'll come on to the KLP news a bit later, but suddenly it's just a bit rocky around the dressing room, I think. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that, that'll bring us on nicely to the Blackpool game. Um, so I'm going to come to um, you, Alex, first on this one. What were your yeah. thoughts on the Blackpool game? Yeah, I mean, this this one actually I don't feel as bad about only because Blackpool themselves were in pretty good form going into that game. I think they'd won four of five or five of six. Um, so even though they were mid table, um, I, I wasn't I wasn't as confident going into this one. Um, so the fact that we lost, I mean, the fact that we lost wasn't a huge shock because we were in poor form anyway, but, um, I guess it was the manner of the, the loss. The fact that we, the fact that we pulled it back to two, two so late on and, um, and then still gave them quite a few chances to win the game. And, and they did eventually win the game, um, was just really disappointing for me. Um, it, you know, it, it, it at least, at least we were able to show that we were scoring a few goals in that game. We were starting to create more chances because, as you said, we only had the one shot um, against Shrewsbury. But, um, yeah, losing two games in a row does start to become a bit of a worry. Um, and I'm, I'm still just amazed that we're still top of the table and that other sides haven't been able to take advantage of our losses because um, it's sort of it's sort of made it not, not as bad as it could have been. Um, but it does start to each each game that we're dropping these points, it makes the next next game even more important that we we get back to winning ways. Yeah, absolutely. Look, and anything to add? I just, uh, yeah, I echo exactly what Alex said. It was it was the fashion in, in the manner that we we lost in the fact that um once once Burke got that equaliser and and seemingly it, that almost felt like a shock. I know I texted Alex as when the, the header went in uh, and thought oh well I didn't actually see that coming. You could see that we were kind of huffing and puffing, but I don't know if I realistically thought there was going to be a breakthrough. Um and, and when there was, I thought oh well you know we we back ourselves here to to survive the the last three minutes or whatever it is and see our injury time and, and take the point and we're still one week one week win clear uh the the concern for me now is is the pressure that what's actually come out of that result is it sets up a, a huge december for us when we think about the the run i mean i think we play portsmouth sunderland uh lincoln in our next three games um and the fact that we're two points clear if we had have picked up all three uh, it would have really given us a, a kind of buffer heading into those three well, six pointers even though i know there's still a long way to go uh but it was just such a, a disappointing uh two points to drop uh three points to drop at the death well apparently the sunderland games apparently been postponed because their players are starting to get um cases of covid so at least that eases the pressure a little bit i think that sunderland game's been um delayed yeah. I, I yeah. wouldn't mind playing half a Sunderland squad in, in December. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Good shout. John, anything to add on that? Um, yeah, so like like Logan said, really, it was unexpected to see that, that late equaliser. And, and from there, you say you take your point and you just settle and, you, you know, you move on to the next game. You know, you say oh, maybe a missed opportunity to get all three, but, you know, we'll take a point at least. Um, and, yeah, it was just a bit disappointing to see for the second game in the row very similar to the Shrewsbury goal, I suppose. A couple of one-touch passes just unlocks our defence really easily. Um, maybe a little bit more from the, the CDMs just to sort of try and stop that initial ball going through, which just sort of got taken apart quite easily for those goals. I, is it an, an attention thing maybe? I'm not sure. But but yeah, um, is it, it, to be fair, uh, the, the first Blackpool goal was a great pass. It was a really good cross. Uh, but you know, uh, from the whole city point of view, you're thinking he's gone all the way through our defence into the back post. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, well, I've got on my notes here. Tale of two CJs, isn't it? CJ Hamilton. Uh, sorry, CJ Daniel scoring for Shrewsbury, and then CJ Hamilton Hamilton for for Blackpool. So maybe I don't know something about the name, but yeah, <laughs> you just think, yeah, a bit of a shame there. Like like Logan said, the next game is probably our first six pointer of the season. Um, we spoke about the Peterborough one and stuff earlier on in the season, but this really does now, this run of games, you think, a lot of six-pointers now because we've got a game in hand as well. We'll probably have two after the Sunderland game has been postponed. Um, potentially have two games in hand on the teams around us, so we need to make use of that. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It also, it also probably leads me to uh, to say my favourite phrase at the moment, which is, we missed George Honeyman. And um, I never thought that I would ever be guilty of saying that, but I, I feel like I've I mentioned it a couple of times this season and it, it brings me great delight. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's better than McCann's old phrases of, you know, the lads are hurting out there and um, <laughs> yeah. the games are coming thick and fast. <laughs> or breezy, you know, dust ourselves down and go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it, isn't it? Yeah, it's got the manager's phrase book out. Yeah. <laughs> Have you started having any honey-based cereals this season? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but maybe that could be the uh, the secret to unlocking our uh, our form. <laughs> yeah, I think um, so. I'm gonna be like the ultra positive bit here, um, you know, just to keep it going. Um, so I think ultimately at the start of the season, I think we were performing very well. Um, and I think we was like very well prepared for the season, um, and I think other teams weren't, and I think other teams are starting to get into their groove a bit now. Uh, I think Alex, you mentioned um, Blackpool's form. Blackpool yeah. are now probably the form team in the league, um, and they sit mid table. Um, the teams at the top, and Lincoln are struggling a bit as well, um, you know. And the fact that we are still top, I think, tells us. Um, that yeah, the teams at the top aren't having it all that easy now. Um, so ultimately, I think the teams have raised their performance levels, and I think they've found us out a bit. Uh, and I think it's time. You know, we talked about it a lot, and you know, we've sort of seen McCann try and experiment with a few things, but I think we're going to have to try and change a few things. He changed mm. the team a bit for the Blackpool game, uh, and it didn't really. It did pay dividends in a way because I think we we did create, like you say, a bit bit more chances. But ultimately, I think the system might need to change. Um, again, I come back to Brian Horton on last week, and you know they had a team meeting halfway through the season. You know when City started to lose a couple, and 
um, you know, they changed the formation and, you know, that worked dividends. And I think that's what McCann needs to do. They need to get, you know, Cliff Byrne and all that. They all need to sit down and work out a new system. Uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean they have to play it every game, but, you know, if you're scouting Hull City, you're thinking, right, well, that's nice and easy. They play high full-backs, uh, three in midfield, and the small wood, you know, he's, he's marshalling the back four. Eves, you just mark him out the game. Wilkes, you just get tight to him. You know, it's it's becoming quite easy for the scouts. So, yeah, let's, yeah. let's you know, let's mix it up a bit for me. Well, that's it. When uh, Mike Phelan was the technical director when Steve Bruce was manager, he set a, a sort of way of playing for the academy and um, each sort of, they had different uh, sort of phases of the season and they would change a formation just to keep the young lads sort of learning all the time. We need to mm-hmm. be able to play this, be able to play this. And I, I'd re- be really interested now to see what McCann does in in that aspect, what he what he has as like a playing philosophy for the club. Does he implement a plan B for the young players so that when they come to the first team they can be adaptable, or is it very much like what we see, and it's it's like a, a four three three or or else? It's four three three FC, isn't it? It's what he mm, yeah. wants the club to be. But just quickly, I mean, that was a really good point, Alex. Which I mean, I'd sort of thought of preseason and then sort of forgotten about a bit, but. When you think about the fact that we played up until, what was it, June, when we got relegated, whereas a lot of these League One clubs haven't played, or at the start of this season, hadn't played since the lockdown in March. So their pre-season was a lot rougher than ours was, whereas we were much more ready to go. So maybe it's yeah. just that everyone else's fitnesses are coming up to up to play. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good point, that. And uh, is it was it Charlton that came down with us as well? And... Uh, Charlton and Wigan, yeah. Yeah, so Charlton uh, have got a game in hand on us, and if they win that, they go to thirty-three points. So uh, yeah, they're not doing too bad either, really. When you when you look at it, so it might it might be that, that that's the case. Mm. Point, Alex. Yeah. yeah, and I think um, to your CJ point, maybe if Curtis Jones maybe had some minutes, John, we might have been all right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, right, right, so shall we move on to preview the Portsmouth game then? Yeah, and finish on the. Um, Christmas 11, yeah? yeah? Yeah. So, Portsmouth game. I'm going to come to you, John, first for this one. What are yeah. your thoughts for the Portsmouth game? Um, yeah, like like we said earlier, really, um, it's the first six-pointer of the season for me. A really, really huge game. Obviously, second place, two points behind us. I mean, we've got a game in hand on them, but and like like I said earlier, it could be two after, after the Boxing Day cancellation. I'm not sure about Portsmouth's fixtures, but really, if we can, if we can get a win there, the table looks a lot better for us, um, especially with those games in hand. Such a such a big game, uh, and I, I really at the minute I, I just cannot call it. It's going to be really difficult to make a prediction. You're probably going to ask me for one as well, but um, it'd be yeah, it'd be interesting. <laughs> be interesting to see what the fallout is after the Lewis Potter situation. After what McCann said in the interview, um, whether you know whether he's in the squad, see what happens in, in training this week. But yeah, there needs to be some sort of change. There needs to, I think, I'd like to see Emmanuel back in. I do like Coyle, but we missed a bit of that attacking prowess from from Emmanuel. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see a couple of changes, just see it freshen up a little bit, um, and and see what comes of it. Yeah. So we'll, I reckon we'll talk. Let's explore the KLP thing a bit more in a minute. But, yeah. Um, I'm going to come to to come to you, Logan, for this. What do you think about the Portsmouth game? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually surprisingly optimistic about this game. I think that um, the, the slide. Um, look, we we understand particularly 
we don't have the luxury of being City fans that nothing's ever done easy. And it, um, it's, it's a very, very long season. And, and some of the points that we've already touched on, um, like Alex mentioning about the preseason, and um, I, I just think that it, the slide it doesn't seem like it's going to last. Um, I think the Blackpool result, while it was unfortunate, it wasn't dire. Like we didn't go out there and get turned over uh, three or four nil. And Portsmouth in the same way, um, as a lot of the teams in the top six are, they've, they've still got a pretty mixed record and, and they've been hobbling lately. In, in fact, I think on the form table, they look reasonably similar to us. Um, I, I think that that result against Blackpool, the, the lads will be very keen to, to turn it around. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we went out and, um, and, and performed pretty pretty well and, and maybe got a comfortable 2 nil. if I'm even allowed to, to get that optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> so you go 2 nil. Shout. Uh, I'm going to make a note of these. Um, so, I'm going to come to you, Alex. What are your thoughts for the Portsmouth game? Yeah, I mean, I guess similar to Logan, I, I do agree that Portsmouth's form hasn't been great either. Um, and it is sort of... I look, at the, I look at the Ipswich game for sort of hope for how we might play in this game. And, and I do think that... Other than Blackpool, a lot of the sides that have been able to turn us over or, or get the win against us have been those sorts of scrappier teams down the bottom who put that pressure on us. Whereas I think um, I think a team like Portsmouth, much like um, Ipswich did, they might be a bit more open in how they, they approach our, um, playing us because I think the teams at the top, you know, you look at Doncaster as well, they kind of go at you because they think that um, they can sort of go toe to toe with us and and match us, and and I'm I'm sort of hoping that Portsmouth are similarly sort of open um, in their approach. But in saying that, they they may well look at the last few games against us and use that as a blueprint on on how to beat us. So um, look, it's 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 going to be a really interesting game. Um, I'm sort of hopeful, like Logan. I I think maybe a two one win for us, but. Um, the way we're playing, you know, I, I can't be too optimistic. I, I, I could see a draw or, or or a loss as well. Yeah, it's hard to call, isn't it? Yeah. Right. John, your score prediction, please. Um, I was trying to avoid it. A KG, I'll go for a 1-0 to, to, to City. Ooh, cheeky. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go, like, I, I'm bold with this and I got both the Blackpool and the Shrewsbury game horribly wrong. Um, but I think uh, who was it who made the point about the Ipswich game? Was that you, Alex? Or was that you? Learning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I agree. I think we raise our game for the bigger teams, and I think given that it's first, second, I feel like we, you know we're going to turn this around here. Bounce back ability, free. free. <laughs> Oi. Um, I think for me, um, yeah, men- you, was it you mentioned about the the, the re- recent record against Portsmouth as well? Was that or was that Logan? Uh, it might have been Logan. Yeah, because yeah, I, um, my memories of Portsmouth aren't great because um, I remember when was it shortly before Ian Dowie or just the game Ian Dowie took over where we ended up losing three two and we conceded oh, yeah. two uh, two uh, goals in like the ninety third and the ninety sixth. So that was a gross yeah. memory. I think Furland scored twice yeah. that day. Is that right, John? Um, to be honest, that, the only Portsmouth memory from that season was the one that obviously Dina scored. Um, was, yeah, maybe Jay, Jamie O'Hara, perhaps. Uh, might have been O'Hara, or was it Carnu? Uh, 
yeah, there's he scored two really late goals, and uh, I think it, yeah, it ended up being the the ultimate reason that uh, we went down. But I, I remember that game well. Oh, it was a very traumatic time. Yeah, and my other memory of Portsmouth was uh, I went down all the way to Portsmouth with my dad um, to watch him play. And I think we drew two all, and it was a really good game. But Glenn Johnson scored from about forty yards. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, and you're a bit like, oh, well, the right back scored from 40 yards. That's just a bit gross, that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so, you know, a bit of um, let's let's beat them. Do you know what I mean? Let's go. Let's, let's go to win. That's right. Right. Done. So, let's quickly talk about the KLP news. So, for those, mm. those of you listening who didn't catch McCann's comments, uh, McCann was asked why he was... KLP was left out and actually rather surprisingly came out and said that KLP has been left out because he hasn't signed a new contract. I mean, that's unheard of for a manager to do. So, yeah, Logan, what's your thoughts on this one quickly? It, well, interestingly enough, I think uh, shortly before um, we came to air, I saw something on, uh, I think it was Twitter from Burnsy, um, and he believes that... Um, if if KLP starts another game before Christmas, it does something to um, enact a clause in his contract, which may um, may suggest uh, tamperings uh, from the from the Alums with team selection. Um, whether that's just another pie in the sky rumor, or if there is a, an element of truth to that, I think that um that, that's a really interesting concept. And, and if it is to be true, I'd I'd be really concerned about that. Um, I think McCann coming out and, and saying that is. Um, well, very questionable, and uh, I think it probably adds a little bit more weight given the fact that who KLP is being, um, you know, someone who is uh, well known to the club and is a, a junior who's, you know, from the academy who's been really well um, revered and, and really shows some some promising signs. I think that if um, if a club can't kind of show the health and look after those players, um, you know, that's kind of where we've seen. Um, evidence of dressing rooms, uh, you know, starting to, to to feel a sense of unrest as as much as it does with the fans as well. So, concerning. Um, I I would still like to kind of see what happens over the next uh, week before I uh, draw my ultimate conclusion. Very well balanced, well put. So, Alex, I'm going to come to you for your thoughts on this quickly. Yeah, look, I'm very much the same as Logan. I think the, we've seen it before with um, Henriksen being left out for the entire season for presumably similar kind of contractual reasons that if he played, he'd trigger some clause or whatever. And it starts to get concerning if if that's the case. If it it, it may well be that if he if he plays another game, it triggers that plus one year on his deal that everyone seems to have on their deals, and that that's kind of impacting on their contract negotiations. I don't know, but. Um, I think it's the main point, as Logan said, the main point is that what's that going to do to the dressing room for the other players to to sort of see this guy who who's come through the city ranks is basically as Mr. Hull City as you can get in the current squad um, being put out on a naughty step because he won't sign a new deal. Um, what does that say for these other players if they get into a similar contract negotiation about what's going to happen to them? So it can't be doing them any any good and um, and I can't, it can't be doing uh, Keane any good because... I can't imagine how it would feel for a young guy to to basically have have your contract negotiations put out in the public and, and almost be bullied by McCann and by the club to try and get him to sign a new deal because presumably McCann would have thought by coming out public with this that 
you know, all the city supporters would kind of get on Keane's back to say, I just signed the new deal. But um, at least it's good that everyone's kind of critical of McGann and critical of the club, but um, can't be good for a kid to feel like he's trying to kind of getting pressured into signing a new deal. Yeah, yeah, Completely absolutely. Agree. Yeah. John, your thoughts? Yeah. I'm interested I- to hear this from because obviously you've, you've worked with, um, with Keane, haven't you, when he was a bit younger? Yeah, and the coaches there was just saying like you know it's going to be special and 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 in a way as we've seen that development, he's going to be our, our new Bowen. Uh, even mm-hmm. though Bowen wasn't a whole lad initially, but you know having been that like um, Alex said, Mister Hull City really, and I completely agree as well with what Alex said about him being bullied. I, I just think. Um, the, the, the phrase, uh, just to sort of quote him here, we want to see people commit, especially a boy who has been at the football club since he was eight years old. We just want to see commitment from Keane. Now, you know, at the end of the day, we, we know what football's like and the club won't think twice about releasing Keane if he got a, a serious injury or wasn't performing. Uh, and, and really, they're sort of wanting to protect themselves with the extra years in case, well, let's be honest, they'll want to sell him. If, if he does get to where he's supposed to be. So I don't see what's wrong with him signing a shorter term deal um, and then, you know, renegotiating next year. But, you know, that's at least time down. He's 19 years old, so we can't leave him a Bosman in, in January. But it's just still a bit disappointing to see that we constantly stall over contracts, contract talks. Yeah, I, th- I think all three of you summed it up pretty much perfectly for me. I think the the final thought I'm going to lay on it is, uh, I think you mentioned it closely, Alex. Um, you're setting yourself a poor precedent by not playing someone because they haven't signed a contract. The contract for me should be separate to what is happening on the pitch, if you know what I mean. Not in terms yeah. of like, obviously, well-performing players should be rewarded with good contracts, but keep that under house. Like, I mean, yeah. it's frustrating for the fans when um, managers are very honest about um, players and stuff like that and transfers and whatnot. But ultimately, that is private. You know well, what I mean? Well, yeah, like you said, um, yeah, private. McCann had this whole fuss with Burnsy about the, the plan when they got relegated being in-house. We're going to keep it all in-house. This is our plan. But then he's more than happy to publicly air his disappointment in a player because he hasn't signed a deal. Um there's a lot of young players at that club. You know, Malik Wilkes is arguably one of our, our best players and he's 22. So it's not like, you know, they're all around around that sort of age and a dressing room can turn pretty quickly if they're all if they're all pals. Yeah, disappointing to say the least. But yeah, I think like Logan says, let's um, see what happens in the next week. Mm. We could be, you know, a, a week later, he could have signed a new deal and it all could have been sorted out. Let's, let's hope so. Positive vibes yeah. only, remember, guys. <laughs> right, no, I got I got a bit of bias there, just from like that sort of perspective, yeah. But I had to. No, why? Why not? You know, you're free to say <laughs> what you wish. Um, right, sir, are we ready for our super length feature, Hull City Christmas Eleven? Yep, let's yeah. do it. Right, so what I thought we'd do is I will say, um, I'll go through the four of us. And we'll just say one at a time. Yeah. So I'll say, for example, Logan. Then Logan, you have a little delay and then you say it. And then we'll all give our quick reaction and we'll move on. Does that sound good? Yeah. Yeah. Good. So, first, Hull City 
Christmas 11 suggestion, Logan? I feel like I'm going to be cheating here and hijacking uh, some of the, the great uh, suggestions that you guys received on Twitter because uh, I'm not very creative when it comes to this. <laughs> but I, I'm going to start with uh, Marlon Three Kings. Yeah, good one, that. Wait a sec. Let me just go to my notes just so I can cross that out. Um, out three kings. Right, yeah. Um, John. Um, I was having a little look at a couple. I'm going to go for a Sleigh Bell Hernandez. Shallows. Alex. my idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elfin Jakubovic. Like Love it. that one. Love that one. Let me just have a pause, lads, and let me just cross it off my notes. Um, right. Where are we? Me. Alex. Jonah Louis Coyle. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That was one of my own. That was, um, <laughs> do you know, does everyone know Jonah Louis? Yeah, the uh, Stop the Cavalry, is it? Yeah, well done. Yeah. Well done. Do you guys know that Good one? Good song, that. Very English song, isn't it? Yeah, strong. Yeah. Right, where are we? Um, Logan. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm stealing Tim from Hulls. I, I like this one. And I also liked how he asked if it was too much. And it was, uh, oh, come, oh, come, Josh Emmanuel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. Yeah, it's the answer. The answer, Tim from Hull is uh, it's it's not too much. We'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Tim, bring it on, bring it on, Tim. Um, where are we at, John? I like um, Max Reef. Yeah, so shout that yeah. one in it, James Abbott with that one. I was, I was absolutely devastated when I saw it on Twitter because I'd written it down. I was like, I've got one here, Max Reef, and then I went on Twitter and saw it. I was like, oh no, someone else has got it as well. Brilliant. Who was it? Who got it? Uh, it was James Abbott. James, and he actually tweeted it before I'd written it down as well. So I don't know if it was a subconscious one or, but well, well played, mate. Well played. Okay, Alex. So I have Saint Nick Barmby. Yeah. But that's, yeah. that's not even Christmas themed, right? He's just a saint every day, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Royalty in these parts. So yeah. yeah. That's right. The standards are high, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, me again. I'm going to go Regan Slade. Uh, uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah. 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 Uh, Logan. Yeah. This this was another one from James Abbott. I think well, James Abbott probably has his own, uh, own first. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he specializes in this, but I thought this was probably the best one that I saw. This was the uh, Noel Berto Solano. Yeah, I thought that. that was a good one. Very good one. That's hard okay. to beat that. Yeah, class that one in it, John. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with someone actually who I'd mentioned on early memories of, of City on a few podcasts ago. Um, because he's played in the, the position where I play when I'm playing football, Neil Snowman. Yeah, shout that that was from who came up with that one, Mark Spart, I think. Yeah, where, where, oh, yeah, shout, shout, yeah. Great on that one. Uh, where are we, um, Alex? So there's a few, a few managerial ones as well. I quite like um, Brian Little, drummer boy. Yeah. Oh yeah, good one. Shout! That was from S. Buyen or 
Brian. Brian? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's, good. That's a good one. Yeah, that one. Okay, I'm going to go with similar to James Abbott. We had um, Noel Bear Below. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he played like three minutes for us, but, you know. And, and yeah. absolutely um, um, uh, trolled uh, Nottingham Forest in that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that injury. Yeah. Okay, Logan. Oh, this another great one is is festive Arthur. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a shout. That Tim, was again Tim, Tim. One of Tim's that, wasn't it? Yeah, there's. I tell you what, there's some strong performance on the um on the Wise Men Twitter. There's some great suggestions. Yeah, definitely. We really enjoyed this one. To be fair, <laughs> right where are we at, John? Right, I'm pushing the boat out here. Um, early Peter Taylor sort of days. Richie Apple sauce. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh Alex. Um Chester roasting on an open fire. Yes. <laughs> Shout. Love it. Shout. From Mr. J. Tucker. Yeah. Yep, moi. Yeah. Guilty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. <laughs> um Finch yours, you finch mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair play. Fair play. <laughs> Podcast host banter. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with um, Danny Bulbul Bauble Sop. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. yeah. From George, I, I enjoyed that one. Nice Aussie theme, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another Aussie, all Sop. Yeah. Shout. You guys should have said that one, really. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Let down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, think of one for Garcia, Logan. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. O- o- on the top of my head, off the top of my head. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, now I can't. I can't do a Garcia one, but I, I did like this one. This is uh, from from Tiger Door, and it says, "See amid the wind as snow." Yeah. <laughs> also, I thought that there was the uh, the city festive eleven. I think we're we're building an academy squad as well. So <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. This is great. It's a strong side. Yeah. Got options. Options. <laughs> uh, John. Well, speaking of options, I felt we were maybe a little bit weak on the left side of centre back. So um, just to try and epitomise travel during Christmas time, Damien Traffic Delay. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, uh, Jan Vendegor of Hesley kind of on the back of the jersey to fit that in. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> yeah. It'd be extra eight pounds per letter. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah. Shout, was that one of your own, John? It was indeed, yeah. Just like Richie Applesauce. Shout. Okay, Alex. I've got God rest ye merry honeyman. Yes. I could just... <laughs> All I can picture is honeyman advertising not only honey-based cereals, but like, you know, like a religious advert. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like God rest field, demon. <laughs> yeah, shout. Where are we? From well, my... is it is it me? But, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, I liked another one from uh, James Abbott, and I'm gonna say it how it should be said: Noah Decker the halls. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Noah Decker the halls. Shout. Like it. James Abbott. Mm. Right, Logan. 
Uh, so Somerville's put uh, Maynor Figgy Pudding. Shall. <laughs> that was like, I was I was quite nervous about if we were gonna get like reaction on this because the reaction on um, Hull City Alphabet has been really like rapidly improving the last few weeks. Yeah. Like to the point where um, I started with like a small piece of paper for my notes. To the point where now I have to do like a two-page spread and make <laughs> yeah. a giant graph. Uh, <laughs> and when Somerville popped up, like almost immediately after I tweeted with main or figgy pudding, I was like, "We're definitely doing the right thing." Yeah, it's coming up here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're big fans of the House of the Alphabet down here. Um, I was so impressed with the the amount of M's. I didn't realize that was uh, by far and away City's most uh, prolific letter. Yeah. It was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a bit of a slog, wasn't it? <laughs> it was yeah. a long one. <laughs> right, where we at? Is it, is it you, I think John? it's me. Yeah. I, we're that deep now that I, I, I dread to think if I'm repeating it, but this one really did make me laugh out loud. It was Felice Navidan Batty. Yes. That. <laughs> yes, that's a good one. I yeah. was I was creasing up when I heard that. I was like, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, that one is... You I can imagine the chant. Next next Christmas when we're all allowed back in the ground. You can just imagine it now. Yeah. Please, David, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will never be able to listen to Felice Navidad the same. Yeah. No, definitely yeah. not. That was great shout. That was Adam H for that one. What a shout. Well, Adam. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, Alex. Um, so there is there is one that I saw for Richie Garcia, which was Richard Garland Sayer. Yes, lovely. <laughs> I was I was quite um, pleased with George's contribution. Um, yeah, is George is George one of your followers? Um, do you know? Um, uh, no, I'm not sure. I don't think so. But yeah, he did pop up with a couple of Aussies, which was nice. Yeah, if if not, I'm sure he will be, because um, <laughs> like he must love Australia. Coming up with Bobble Sop and Garlands. Yeah. <laughs> Right, I'm going to go with, um, I actually, this one, I thought that his Twitter handle was actually the suggestion because his Twitter handle was Penguin Pete. Um, so I thought, oh, that's quite like... <laughs> it's very Christmas themed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, his, his shout for the manager was Steve Spruce. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Love it. Logan. I'm not. I'm not sure about the ethics of this one, but uh, but Mark Splat, he, well, this was more almost paying homage to the, the the Wise Men Say podcast, and um, he's put Scott Wiseman, but then he's put in brackets. He's still looking for the other two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you put that into a squad, or if it's even uh, uh, necessarily. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like the fact that he's um he's making an effort to to get you guys in there. Yeah, I definitely well, love it. Yeah, we're honoured. <laughs> thank you, Mark Spite, for that one. Mm. And thank you, Logan, for bringing it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. John? Oh, I think I'm on my last one here. Ryan Finn. Um, but I've, I've tweaked one that's on Twitter, and it's the uh, Muppets Christmas Roy Carroll. Yeah. Because <laughs> with it being one of my favourite films of all time. Shout. Right, give me a second to catch up, lads. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Just crossing so overwhelmed with, yeah, overwhelmed with suggestions. Yeah, mm. okay, where are we? Um, Alex, 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm starting to run thin as well. Um, I've got Marlin three kings. Yeah, where are we? If you haven't had that one, you can't, you can't steal mine, Alex. That I that <laughs> I. <laughs> uh, Marlin three kings. Um, yeah. Um, go on. It's is it me? Yeah. It is. Um, staying on the king theme, I'm gonna go Marlon King Wenceslas. Oh nice, yeah. Cool. Fancy. Fancy. Um Logan. Is I I'm not sure if this one's been said at well, but this is another one from uh from Mark's bite, and he got mistletoe, my Norman. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you said that as well. Like not like turning, like mistletoe Norman. Yeah. You know, yeah. very strong. Okay, great, great shout, that one. Um, John? Yeah, struggling again, and it's sort of reusing maybe one of the puns, but I've got um, for a left-back, Noel and Edge. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Naughty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. For a bit of a throwback. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, sort of understudy to Dawson. Yeah. Um, yeah, shout. Uh, where are you at, Alex? Oh, I think I've I've pretty much run out, but I'll go with I saw this one from Brian as well, which was Shane Long Bleak Midwinter. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> that was a great shout, that one, to be fair. I think um S Brian or Brian and Mark Spite, um with with an honourable mention, James Abbott and Tiger Daw were up going for the best uh, contribution award. Definitely. They go yeah. to wise, wise men royalty. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It was, are we on? Is it me? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to go Thomas Thornton. James Deck the Halls with Bells of Scotty. <laughs> Very impressive. <laughs> Bit long winded, but you know. <laughs> right, where are we at? Logan, any more? Uh, I, I think I'll probably tap out. I think our 40-man squad is, is probably ready for our pre-season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> John, any more? Yeah, I'm out as well, yeah. I think we you know, yeah, should take our big squad and uh, <laughs> cut it down from there. But I'm See who comes back overweight and out of shape. I'm just going <laughs> to mention two more that I think should be included from the Twitter following, and then I'm going to yeah. mention the rest quickly. But the, the two the last two I want to mention is um Freddie Hahn. Uh Frank Ince Sense. Oh yeah. Um and Omar El Abdullawi and Gold. Sorry. Omar as in Omar El Abdullawi and Gold. These get these get complicated. Yeah, like yeah, I, I I didn't get it until I just read it now. Um, but yeah, I wanted to mention um Suze who who mentioned Elfin Yakupovic as well. She also he also said um say Rudolfin Jan. I think that was worth a mention. Uh, oh, um, I like that one. Very yeah. strong. Yeah, probably subspench at least. Um, yeah, we'll invite him down. Yeah, I'll just whittle through the rest because we're close. Um, so Tom Devereux said Tom Christmas Eves. That was quite cheeky. 
Hmm. Um, Maricus Flute said, Inson Doyle, Davis City. Oh, yeah, yeah, got it, yeah. I, I don't get it. Please explain. <laughs> <laughs> like Royal David City, isn't it? But Doyle, isn't it Doyle David City? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, and a couple of us from Tiger Door, who, who he said the come uh, come Josh Emmanuel as, as well as Tim. <laughs> he also said, "Joy to the world, <laughs> the the Lord is come." Open brackets, Mali crows brackets. <laughs> <laughs> and Max Bite, the other one Max Bite mentioned was Justin Whittle Donkey. Not like oh, yeah. it. That's, That's a good, good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, James Abbott Malon's stock. King. Oh. Stocking, Marlon, yeah, yeah. Marlon got overused with this one, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah. And uh what else we got? Um Sir Charlie Palmer, Mick Hollyfield, and Scott Free Wise Men. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, thanks everyone for your suggestions as well. These these things just go deep. It's it's brilliant. <laughs> you yeah. can imagine people at work. With the notepad going, right, I should be really be working here, but I need to think of a cracker for the yeah. uh, whole, <laughs> yeah. whole city alphabet or the Christmas one. I think it was yeah. Brian or James Abbott who said, I'm enjoying this way so much. And I was a bit like, <laughs> yes, this is why we do this. Yeah. Like, enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? There's always, there's always a lot of great pans. No, it's always good. Yeah. I just want to mention the, the two final ones from Brian and then that's it. So he said, a winner's Peter Taylor yep. and 2000 David Milers. And I'm not sure if that was like, I don't know. I don't know that one. If uh, 2000 Miles is a Christmas song, isn't it? Um, I'm trying to think who it's by. Let me have a little is it a slow jam? Yeah, um, it's an old one. Uh, the Pretenders. Oh, yeah, really? very, very, very old Christmas song. Yeah. How educated um, of me for that one. But yeah, thank you um, for your shouts, guys. And yeah, thank you to all the Twitter following um, for that. That was really enjoyable. Um, it's something that we're, we're maybe thinking about doing next season, aren't we, John? Perhaps when we finish indeed. with the alphabet. Yeah. Um, so we may, we may come up with like, because you, you can do quite a bit with it. You can do like music 11, um, you know, that sort of thing. Car indeed. 11. Yeah. So, yeah, that's nice one. Yeah. So, yeah, well done, guys. Great contribution. So I think that just about wraps us up. Um, slightly extended edition, but, you know, it was good value for it, I think. Uh, so thank you, uh, Alex and Logan, for coming on. Did you enjoy yourselves? Yeah, it was brilliant, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah no, it was really, really nice to, to get to chat to you guys, all Think City, and uh, I guess uh, from from all of us uh, down here, it's just it's been great to to see the success of uh, of the start of the Wiseman podcast, and it's it's nice to add to our rotation during the week as well as we're at work and whatnot. Yeah. More, Cheers, guys! More... No, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I'd just like to say thank you as well um, for your guys' support, and in, in certainly especially in the early times when. Um, you know, I'm guessing me and John were quite nervous coming into like what, what, what I would call an established podcast world. Um, and what I found, um, particularly with you guys, is rather than us all like being competing against each other, you guys sort of helped us out and you know, retweeted stuff, commented yeah, on definitely. stuff, 
give us feedback. So yeah, it was it was really yeah. it was really great to see that. So yeah, massive thank you um to you guys for that. Definitely no, I think, a, a yeah. pleasure, yeah. It it really adds to that feel of a football club, doesn't it? You know, when you, you're interacting with fans from all over the world and yeah, very much looking forward to to our next conversations, guys. And and also, uh, you know, have yourselves a, a great Christmas and up the Tigers. Hopefully, we get those results against Portsmouth and the teams after. Yeah, same to you guys. Have a merry Christmas and to all city supporters. Hopefully, you know, you stay safe over there. I know things are pretty crazy over there in um, in England and in Hull in, in particular. So stay safe and, and have a great Christmas. Yeah, nice. Yeah, thank you very much. And yeah, I'll just say, uh, jingle bells, jingle bells. Jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to see City win away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that will hopefully what we'll all be thinking about now. Friday night for us, Saturday morning for you guys in Australia. Definitely. So, yeah, thank you very much for joining us again, guys. And, uh, yeah, have a good Christmas. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. Only fools rushing And I am falling in love